Open the word of the Lord to Matthew chapter 6. We'll read verses 8 through 10. The word of the Lord reads as follows. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. He was talking about hypocrites that like to do things to be seen. But um, Jesus was saying, don't be like them. Because your heavenly Father knows what you need. He doesn't need you parading your stuff out there. He doesn't need you flaunting. It's, it, it's not the people that are, get you, that are going to get your answer. Almighty God's going to get your answer. Amen. But he says, uh, therefore, pray like this. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Or hallowed or kept holy be your name. I'm reading from the Amplified, so it might be a little different from yours. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven, left, remitted, and let go of the debts, and have given up resentment against our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let's remain, remain standing. Uh, I just got information that uh, one of the sons, I think David, uh, the, Daniel, right, uh, Jenny, Sister Jenny, uh, he fractured his elbow just now. Uh, he was on the monkey bars. I know those monkey bars, and I, I got slammed myself with the monkey bars. But right now she's in the hospital. So let's pray for the child, for Daniel, a moment. Father, we thank you for our children in this house. We thank you that you guard and keep them. I, I thank you, Lord God, that you kept them from anything worse. Uh, so I pray for Daniel that you would, uh, Lord, even touch this arm. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that there would be a speedy recovery, a speedy healing. I pray your peace upon this child, Lord God. I plead the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ over him, over his brother, over Jenny, over her heart. Lord, uh, may this process go smoothly. May he recover this, the use of his arm 100% in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we send the word of healing, Lord, to his little body in the name of the Lord Jesus. Be thou made whole. Elbow, be thou made whole in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we do give you the glory and the honor and the praise, Father. Thank you for your care upon these precious children, upon Jenny, Lord God, and, and upon all of us here. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. amen. You may be seated in God's presence. I wanted to touch bases on that prayer because Jesus himself said, pray this way. But as he told us to pray that way, he made allusions to a couple of points. And the first point is the fact that he said, my father wants you to pray this way. He wants you to pray our father. In other words, he's already my father, but I'm going to create an opportunity for you to be adopted into the family so that you won't have to call him almighty God only. You could call him our father. And not only is he making uh, us the, the, or rather giving us the opportunity that he would be your father, but it's our father. So he's your father, he's your father, he's your father, he's your father. He becomes our father. So I, I love that because that denotes relationship. So the first verse, it says, do not be, li be like that because your father knows what you have need even before you ask him. So when I look at the heavenly father and he patterns his creation after his order, he says, now I make you fathers, so you gentlemen out there who are either fathers or you are potential fathers, you'll be fathers in the future, fathers can see things that their children don't know yet or see yet. Therefore, God 
positions them to be able to fast and pray and watch for their wives and for their children and find out the family's needs and then go about helping to meet those very needs. So the father said, I know what you need even before you pray. But he said, I want you to pray. So in other words, when you are in relationship, things don't automatically come to you. You ask for them first. I understand that because I'm a man full of relationships. I have a relationship with God. I have a relationship with my wife. I have a relationship with my children. I have a relationship with all of you. But one thing, let, let me show you something. Doesn't this look nice? This is a nice looking necklace. Bracelet. 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 That's what I said. Bracelet. Isn't it nice? Handsome, manly. This is a manly man's bracelet. Right? Right? So, but guess what? I asked for this because I'm in relationship. And you know what my wife did? She sought it out and got it for me. Part of prayer is asking for either the things you need or according to that jurisdictional anointing, you identify potential problems in your region, in your sphere, over your children's life, your spouse, and you ask the Father because you're in relationship with Him. So He says, I know what you need even before you ask, but I want you to ask. Why? Because He wants relationship. He's not looking for cardboards. He's not looking for clones. He's not looking for robots. He's looking for a relationship. Because he enjoys that. Why do you think he calls himself, you know, I, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Because he's, he wasn't just stuck in one relationship. He's in relationship with transgenerational people. Right now he's in, he's in relationship with your grandchildren. They're not even alive yet. And he's already identifying some things he wants addressed just for their benefit. So he raises up us to prepare the blessing for our children's children. We're busy criticizing and complaining why we have to do stuff, why we have to do this and do that and the other. We don't understand God's positioning our hearts, our minds, our resources for the grandchildren because he's already in relationship with them. He already knows what they need before they even ask. But what he's going to do is he's going to prepare it. And when they ask for it, they says, I already got it for you. I've been already preparing this for a long time. It's been on standby waiting for you to ask. So, when you want one of these, all you got to do is ask. If you're in a relationship, don't go out to a stranger in the street. By the way, can I have a necklace? They might give you a dollar, but that's about it. <laughs> Praise God. So he says, he says, pray this way. Say, our father. That denotes relationship. He's our Abba. He is our source. We come from him. See, we emanate from him. We are his children. Thus, we're co-heirs with Jesus Christ. See, because if I'm part of the family... My mom told me yesterday, I, I took her out, we went out, we remembered my dad, and we had a great time. She says, mijo, no te apure, lo que yo tengo en el banco es para ustedes. What did she say? She says, don't worry, whatever I have in the bank is for you guys. Who do you guys? Not for you, so me and my brother. Why? Because we're in relationship. We are children, therefore we are co-heirs. So since we are children of God, we're brothers with Jesus so we are co-heirs according to the promise. See, so when God says, I'm going to give you the privilege to come into relationship, he wasn't just saying relating like a friend. He was saying, I want you to become part of my family. Wow. See, that changes the panorama here. 
If I'm a child of a king, does that not make me a prince? If you're a child of the king, does that make you a prince or princess? Yes, it does. We're royal priesthood. Praise God. So also, the promises of the, of the father are for the children. See, when I go, I, I say this all the time, when I go to mom's house, I don't have to ask her for anything. She asks me, my son, how are you? Are you good? Are you doing okay? Uh, you want coffee? You want a tea? You want a sandwich? She'll go out to the store just to get something for me. She will fuss about me. It's amazing. I come to her house, she smiles from ear to ear. Why? Because I'm her child. It's a, it's a joy for, for me to show up to the house. Why? Because I'm a son of that house. So God is saying, I don't want you to pray, Almighty God, somewhere. No, I want you to pray, My Father or Our Father. Hallowed be thy name. See, so He wants you to know that today. I don't want you praying like a stranger. I want you to talk to me like if you're my child, because you are. I adopted you into my family. Amazing. Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, the one that created the Milky Way, the, the one that created planet X52437 dash zero 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 it's my heavenly father <laughs> praise the lord earthly fathers are a pattern they are patterned by almighty god so we have an enormous influence on the lives of our families for example abraham's fatherhood is still blessing us today in genesis 17 verses 4 through 7 it says as for me this is my covenant with you god is saying to abram you will be called father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name now will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you. And kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you. And your descendants after you for the generations to come. To be your God and the God of your descendants after you. See, when God blesses a man, he also blesses his children and his grandchildren. So right now I got a little grandchildren running around there. He's blessed just because of me. And you know, later on, God spoke to Isaac and says, I'm blessing you because of the promise I made your dad. So make no mistakes about it. Father, if you seek God, you literally impart a blessing on your children and your grandchildren and succeeding generations. Amen. Praise God. And then it says he, he and his name are holy. You know, it's sanctify. We sanctify his name. Heavenly Father, we sanctify your name. We make your name holy. So, Heavenly Father honors his name, right? So, our names as earthly fathers also have to be honored. But you know who brings the honor? Ourselves. We, living a life that's worthy. We, honoring Almighty God, living right. We choose to do things that are going to bless our children. I've often told you, when, when I was young, I hated my last name because of what my mom would tell me about Los Nazario in Puerto Rico. You know, we were, they, they were axe-wielding, you know, fighters, and you don't mess with them. They'll chop you up in a minute. It was, yeah, son Nazario, son loco. They're crazy. And so I was like, I don't want to be that. You know, but I did not understand. She did not know the power of, of, of a parent speaking over her child. She was setting me up. And not in a good way, people. So when I came to Christ at age 15, you know, the preacher told me, says, God has an optional life for you. He has a different life for you. He has a better life, a better future. If you connect with him, he'll give you the purpose for which he created you. 
like Elder was sharing, there's a purpose he created us for. So I started learning, oh, hold on a second. If my past was not that pleasant, God could give me a better future. And God could change my name from a, maybe a name of dishonor. I mean, that was my perception of it, to a name of honor. So years later, as I connected with him and, and I, I molded myself to his kingdom, to his ways, now... You know, my children, they, they carry that name, uh, and, and for them, it's an honor because they have a father that, that is seeking God. I'm not a perfect man, but earthly men have a responsibility to their wives, to their children, to give them a name that they can be proud of, a name that they can honor. In the same way, we honor Almighty God because He's perfect, He's holy, He's just, and He has the name that is above all names. In the same way, our names are also very important. So we need to get to work on this right now. Give you a quick example. Right now, it breaks my heart because one of, one of uh, the ones I would say have done a lot for the Bronx, you know, um, Mr. Espada, he, he did a lot of good work, but because he made a mistake, dear one, he's got to go to prison now. So the name that he has worked so hard for so many years, Espada, whenever, whenever I would hear that name here in the Bronx, that's, that's one of our heroes. That's one of the ones that are championing us, right? Now my man has to go to prison because of an error. Maybe an error in judgment, maybe a setup. I don't know. I was not there. I'm not the jury. I don't condemn this man. You know what breaks my heart? His son is probably going to prison next week too. Because he was complicit or found complicit in whatever was going on. It breaks my heart. You see? So the honor that we can bring to our family includes living in a way that's above reproach. That even if you're accused like a Joseph, your, your, your latter days are going to turn it around. Amen? And God's going to redeem you and bring restitution. You know? It's not just restoration. He'll bring restitution because the enemy, whatever he takes from you, he has to bring interest together with it. Praise God. So the, the, the honor uh, includes us you know, I have an opportunity to get a quick little this and this and that. I'm not going to do that, no, now or, or at any time because the honor of my name is more important because it's not just about me getting a quick little whatever now. Uh, tomorrow, I've got to face the music. So I'd rather be righteous in my actions today. Father, help me because I want to slam this guy or help me because I'm really tempted here, but keep me from temptation. You see, so fathers, you have a very big responsibility to create a name of honor for your family's sake. You look at a, a person like Israel of old in 1 Samuel chapter 8. It says, when uh, they said, give us a king to lead us. This displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord and the Lord told him, listen, to all the people that are saying to you, it is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. Whenever anyone rejects God as their father, or whenever one rejects his spiritual parentage and declares he needs no one, he is substituting the kingdom in, in, and order of God for the kingdom of men. This, in essence, aborts and destroys any real harvest you may have set apart for you. So when we honor God, the Heavenly Father, another thing happens is that we can derive from His family from his resources we can derive the benefits for our own families and for the families that are succeeding us amen so this honor thing is very important thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven fathers bring in divine order they help to bring in the order that the children need and the principles that the children need 
There's a principle in the kingdom of God, and we can pattern that for our children. We hear from Heavenly Father, and we share it with our families. Jesus clearly walked in a father-son relationship during his earthly ministry. He obeyed his father. He modeled the perfect father-son relationship for all of us. So we have an example, the best example that exists. And though we are imperfect, fathers can greatly impact their families. Jesus said this in John chapter 5, verse 19. He gave him this answer. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son does also. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he does. Yes, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things than these. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the father judges no one, but he has entrusted all judgment to the son, that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. He who does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. Wow. So the bottom line is here, looking at this relationship, we have to understand that we bring in the divine order. Most of the things that are in chaos out there are lack of father chaos situations. Because if fathers were in place, these kids wouldn't be running around, messing around. In the old days, I was out there. My, my dad would go out, take me by the ear, bring me back, take out the correa. You know what the correa is. It's an anointed tool that brings divine order. The correa, the belt. Quickly. I'm telling you. Nowadays, if you look at the kid the bad way, it's a child abuse. But there were some healthy correazos that I received that kept me in the straight and narrow. I'm not talking about, you know, beating a kid to his dead. I'm talking, sometimes it's very important that you go, listen, kid, come over here. I mean, I'm, I'm okay. I came out okay. Right? What happens is the lack of order at home forces the police to then correct the children. And they don't do a good job many times. But we had some good fathers in place. Come here. So in the old days, a look was, that's all we needed. I feared my dad. My mom would go to school and say, that's it, I'm going to tell your daddy. I'm going to tell your father. No, mommy, please. No, I'll, do it. I'll get an A next time. I'll get an A. Oh, yeah, because I feared him. I feared him. He would come in. All he needed to do is the look. That's it. I'm doomed. I got the look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, but that kept me in the straight and narrow. So the bottom line is, fathers bring divine order in a natural, in a practical way. And why spiritual sons and daughters follow mentorship. Uh, our biggest problem as young folk is we don't listen to the older folk. You were saying the, new, the 60s, the new 40. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> Children think they know more than their fathers. And it happens in every generation because I thought I knew more than him when I was. But you know, you do well to listen because what they forgot, you haven't even learned yet. Proverbs 14 and 16, the wise are cautious and they avoid danger. Fools plunge ahead with great confidence. Those who are short-tempered do foolish things but the, and the schemers are hated. Proverbs 13, 20, whoever walks with the wise will become wise. Whoever walks with fools will suffer harm. Trouble chases sinners while blessings chase the righteous. I don't want, I don't want trouble finding, you know, following me. I want blessings chasing me. Praise God. So therefore, I'm going to listen to my mentors. I'm going to listen to my daddies, my natural and spiritual daddies. Psalms 111.10. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and all who follow His precepts have good understanding. To Him belongs eternal praise. Amen. 
Give us this day our daily bread. Heavenly Father, give us this day our daily provision. It's interesting. That's also not just provision, but it's also relationship. I can't ask a stranger for, for any food or anything like that, but I can certainly ask Heavenly Father. And we have needs. I pray to God every day. I pray to God every day for me, my family, for this church, for the new building, because that belongs to Him too. So every day I'm asking Him for divine provision. And He gives it to us. He'll give us a relationship. He'll give us a friendship. He'll give us a certain, uh, a, a, maybe a sudden contract. Whatever it may be. Because He's Heavenly Father and He's able to do that. There was an illustration in uh, Sermon Central. Um, the day before Thanksgiving, an elderly man in Phoenix called his son in New York. And he said to him, I hate to ruin your day, but I have to tell you that your mother and I are divorcing. 45 years of misery is enough. We're sick of each other. And so, um, you know, call your sister in Chicago and let her know that. So frantic, the son called the sister who exploded on the phone. She said, like heck, they're getting divorced. She shouted, I'll take care of this. She called Phoenix immediately. She said to her father, no, you're not getting divorced. You're not doing a single thing until I get there. I'm calling my brother back and I want, I want to be there tomorrow, both of us. Until, until then, don't do a thing. Do you hear me? And she slammed the phone shut. You know, man hung up the phone and turned to his wife, the father. He said, okay, honey, the kids are coming for Father's Day, and they're also paying their flights. <laughs> Praise God. It's all about relationship. <laughs> Praise God. Give us this day. Give us this day. And then he says, for, forgive us, pray this way, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against them. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5, it says, See, I will send you the prophet Elijah before that great and dreadful day of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. If fathers and sons are not getting along, there's a curse involved in that. We have to break the curse that day. And we as a church and as families and as men, uh, we have to model this. And we have to be restored to our sons, and our sons have to be restored back to us. Because then there's a blessing that's released connected with that also. Sin, unfortunately, has provoked the children to wrath. And as a result, they have rebelled against the divine order, which has brought curses to them also. You know, I, I look at this nation, and, and we're, we're, we're going downhill quick. Yeah. You know, you see California the way it is. Let me tell you, New York is not too far behind. Um, I have an interesting prayer closet. My prayer closet is downtown New York. I, I like to prayer walk. So I go to 2nd Avenue, 3rd Avenue, 4th Avenue, Lexington Avenue, Park Avenue. <laughs> I go to Times Square because I live in the 38th Street. So I live close to Times Square. So I go to Times Square, look at the people, pray for them. Oh, God, do something here. But yesterday I saw something that was a new low, a new low. In Times Square, you have um, guys who, who wear underwears and they play Guitar, the, the singing cowboys, cowboy, naked cowboy. But he's not naked. He's got, you know, at least something on. Lately, there have been naked cowboy girls, yeah. cowgirls. And that's a little, you know, just, it's, I, I'm looking. But lately, and yesterday, I'm praying, and my prayer stopped a moment. And I saw something, and I had to turn away from it. I saw, no lie, two naked women. All they were covering was just this much. That's all. And like two little stars. The rest was. <laughs> I don't know how to say it without getting a little. 
Now when? See, this to me speaks prophetically. Because that means that the laws are being more and more relaxed each and every day. And unrighteousness is being allowed to filter in little by little. We're like the frog inside the kettle with warm water. Put some fire underneath. It gets warmer and warmer. Because it's happening little by little, the, the frog doesn't notice it. And it'll stay there until it boils to death. And we're boiling to death. So I looked at it and says, truly we need to intercede. We are in bad shape. If this is being allowed now, there's a law against that. You're not supposed to be walking like that. It's, isn't it? I think it's still on the books. Why is it being allowed? And the cops over there are taking pictures with their horses. You see, so we have to pray because there's a curse on the land. All of this speaks of a curse. Well, what's the big deal? You know, the body's naturally beautiful. Yeah. The problem is there were many young men there. And, you know, ladies, we guys are turned on by what we see. And if there's a pervert or two there, that riles them up, and then they want to go out and harm some young lady. So let's think. You see my point? And there's a whole lot, a lot of other things that happen with that. And little by little, the more we preach the Bible, the, pro the Bible then becomes, which is God's word and God's pattern for men, so we can live successfully. Little by little, it becomes more and more legal. And that's what's been happening. That's right. So in the coming days, we, we need to pray and then stand for righteousness yes. in the coming days. Many fathers, unfortunately, have abdicated their responsibilities. Man, well, due respect, I got two daughters here. If that was my daughter, that Correa's coming out right then and there in front of everybody. Get up! Pop, pop, pop! Get over here! Take them right back home. Who's allowing these young people? That, then there's a guy with a... Um, a boombox, right? And like really tight stuff. That's all. Little, and he's dancing all over. I feel like going. <laughs> and then keep on walking. And then pray for healing. <laughs> a generation of fathers with no commitment to their seed. That's what happens. Many fathers that have done nothing to cultivate their children and to get to know God. Many fathers have modeled inconsistency in all their ways. Many fathers have refused to provide and protect their, their seed, their children, their families, their wives. Many fathers have refused to keep their covenant with their wives, showing their seed that that's not important. Due to this, many have only distorted, a distorted view of a father. So they cannot see God as Heavenly Father because they don't have a good see, view of Father. So this has impaired the view and walk of many. But Christ, He modeled the true heart. Of a father. Amen. So that's the one we have to look, look to. He came to restore the devastating loss that Adam's sin created. He came to break the Malachi 4 curse. That curse of the fathers separated from the sons. And to restore the sons to the father and the fathers to the sons. He modeled a combination of tenderness, love, joy, and discipline. Because it's not all love and joy. It's not sloppy agape. Love must be tough. Sometimes. He came to restore our sonship with the Heavenly Father, our Father who art in heaven. Amen. And it's our job to bring that healing, our job to bring that forgiveness. Don't look for anybody else to do it. It's our responsibility. Chronicles, 1 Chronicles 7.14, if my people, not the politicians. Yesterday I heard, you know, a guy talking on TV in the news. He said, yeah, you know, the government got to do more to correct this, this crime. 
The government, it's our responsibility. The government is not going to go in there. They're just going to legislate laws that sound good, but they're not going to bring real change. Real change happens in the heart. Real change was, was when we speak the principles of God into their heart and it becomes law in their heart. And it's our job. It's not their job. Ephesians chapter 4, 11, it says the body causes itself to grow. It's not an individual. We do it together. Praise God. That's why we have to ha have churches continually grow in communities in an organic way, growing. You know, uh, I, I think it was, you mentioned that you know, you're seeing this ministry grow. Both you mentioned, you're seeing it, you know, in your spirit, how it's, it's growing. It has to continue. We need this. It's not about just having churches full on Sunday. It's about people hearing the word of the Lord, our sons and daughters hearing the word of the Lord, training these fathers to be righteous, to stand for Him. Amen? Praise God. Isaiah 59 verse 12 says, Our offenses are many in your sight, and our sins testify against us. Our offenses are ever with us, and we acknowledge our iniquities. Rebellion and treachery against the Lord, turning our backs on our God, fomenting oppression and revolt, uttering lies our hearts have conceived. So justice is driven back, and righteousness stands at a distance. Truth has stumbled in the streets. Honesty cannot enter. Truth is nowhere to be found, and whoever shuns evil becomes a prey. The Lord looked and he was displeased that there was no justice. He saw that there was no one. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene. My God. See, that's how come he looks for people to stand in the gap so that nations won't have to be destroyed, so that cities will not have to be destroyed. Will New York have to be destroyed? I believe it won't because there are intercessors in the city. But make no mistake about it. We're in for a place where we're going to see the judgment of God. Yes. We're going to see things happen in this city. And people are going to start realizing, oh my God. I think Almighty, uh, our Heavenly Father is a little upset at this city. But you, you know by revelation that he comes in as a father to discipline and bring correction. So in the coming days, as we see these things, lift up your eyes, lift up your hands and worship him and say, Father, thank you. Now give us wisdom to minister to them when they get, you know, off their center. Because they think they're big and bad right now, but they don't realize that when the crisis comes, suddenly they realize, oh my God, I thought if I had a lot of money, I'd be all right. I thought if I was cool, I'd be all right. I thought if I was in the in crowd, I'd be all right. That in crowd will leave you in a heartbeat. But Heavenly Father will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Why are they doing the things that they do? Well, we've been messing up ourselves. This generation has been messing up. There was one, another um, illustration. Um, James Brian Smith be, begins his chapter in a book by telling a story about uh, taking his six-year-old to an amusement park. While at the park, he and his son got on a ride. And a teenage boy uh, buckled them into the seats and then they started the ride. During the entire time of the ride, James Bryan, he felt a panic in his heart and because he feared that his son would fly out of the ride. So he stated this, with white knuckles and gritted teeth, I prayed the entire 90 seconds for this ride to end. I looked over at Jacob, who was laughing and having a great time. And after the ride was over, he and his son sat down on a nearby park bench and Smith asked his son, so weren't you scared? That ride was pretty wild, wasn't it? Why did you get on a ride like that? His son answered with childlike honesty. He says, because you did that. They'll do what they see their fathers do. We should be leading our families, in closing, leading our families to trust in Almighty God through Christ. We as fathers, we need to spearhead this. We've left it too many times for our wives, for communities, even for churches. 
It's not the church's primary responsibility. It's our primary responsibility to do so. Because what happens is the legacy that we're creating today becomes the pathway that our children walk in tomorrow. So you, blessed man of God, you have that opportunity. You're building now the legacy that he's gonna, he and she are going to walk in. You're putting your son or daughter on your shoulders, letting her go higher and farther than you. Amen. Amen? I've shared this analogy in the past, but I'll share it again so that we could get the, the oomph of the importance. Because if we can just bless our children the way God blesses his son, and now he's blessing us, as part of the family, we got it all. We've got it all. There was this uh, man, he was very rich, and he had a lot of famous paintings. He had Rembrandts, he had Picassos, and him and his son would enjoy, the, you know, they would sit down by the mantle and, and, and have a, sometimes a little cup of wine and, and look at the pictures and enjoy and talk about them. Uh, so the son, you know, he started to learn everything about the pictures. And so it was a great relationship. So the father always enjoyed uh, sharing these beautiful, priceless works of art with his son. Then his son went to war, and in the midst of war, he, he died. He, he got killed. So um, his son had a friend with him, and the thing is, before he died, he protected this guy, and he got shot in his place. So this guy was so touched by that that he drew a picture of this man's son. And he brought it back to the father. So he knocked on the door. He said, you don't know me. I was your son's friend. And, and he saved me. He died because of me. I'm the one that should be dead. So I want to give you this gift. And so when he looked at it, it was a portrait of his son. And the father was so touched by that, that it became something special to him. So he put it in the center mantle. And he would look at it. He would sit there alone, remember his times with his son. And uh, then shortly after that, uh, the old man passed away. So now all of these things are being auctioned off. So during the, the day of auction, uh, they uh, go to them, okay, we're going to uh, auction all these uh, precious uh, drawings and pictures, uh, but we're going to start with this one. The old man had stipulated that he wanted them to first auction off the picture of the sun. So he thought, okay, can we get it? We'll, let's start. Uh, with, okay, we'll start with $10 work from there. Can we get the, uh, the sun? Who wants the sun? Who wants the sun? Who wants the sun? Nobody wanted it. Hey, come on. We want the Rembrandts. We want the, you know, the Picassos and all the other fancy ones. We don't want this one. This is, was, was done by uh, you know, nobody. There's no, no. The father wants this one auctioned first. So nobody wanted it. So at the end, the caretaker that would clean the place and tend to the grounds, he said, okay, I'll, I'll give the $10 for it. He said, okay, boom. Um, the caretaker gets the picture of the son. He says, okay, case closed. It's all done. All finished. We, what are you talking about? Now the action is going to start. So no, the other stipulation was whoever gets the picture of the sun gets it all. It is awesome. I, I like a deal like that. <laughs> what happened was they were so busy wanting all the stuff, they didn't realize the most important one. And everything else, all the blessing was going to flow through the sun. The Father made it that way. And in the same way, praise God. Amen. Come on, give me some praise. And in the same way... God made it that whoever gets the son gets it all, gets the blessing, gets the family, gets the provision, praise God, becomes part of that family, praise God, hallelujah, amen. So our father is not his father, pray to my father, no, our father, 
So say that with me. Say, our Father. Get comfortable with that. Because if you get the Son, you get it all. And He also becomes your Father. And you get the inheritance. And you get the riches of His glory, the riches of His grace, the riches of His presence. Amen. And one moment of favor can turn everything around. Praise God. So to you men, you fathers, and you upcoming fathers, may the Lord bless you on this day. And may the Lord open up your mind. May He expand you to understand who you really are. And how important you really are in this life and to future generations.